It's 10 o'clock. No, it's not. It's 9 o'clock on the East Coast. <laughs> 6 o'clock on the West Coast. And in Malaysia, it's 1977. Disco is at its height. <sighs> 77 was a good year. It's a very good year, actually. Hello, everybody. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Nice to see you tonight. Wherever you may be across the globe, across the planet, across this little blue marble in the sky, we are Crystal Violet and finally awake and made it to a stream. Thank you. Great to see you. Hello, Crystal Violet. Uh, whether you are on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, we are simulcasting to all three platforms. I have my coffee. I have my slightly delayed headphones, which are driving me as usual nuts. And, uh, and we're good to go. I've got chapter three coming up later of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. We've been reading a chapter every night to close out our stream. It takes 15-20 minutes to read, but it's kind of cool. So if you uh, want to get caught up, you can just go back to uh, any of our streams on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook. Uh, you'll find I'm Not Wearing Pants. And uh, you can, if you want, scroll through most of the chit-chat crap we talk about at the beginning of the show and get to towards the end. It's always the last thing I do, at least for two episodes now. This is the third chapter tonight where Dorothy has landed in Oz and she is just about off to see the wizard. <clears throat> um, we had... <laughs> we had Chinese New Year Decoration Day today. Um, I know if you're in the States... It's not that big of a thing, but obviously in China and in Malaysia, which has a very large Chinese population, uh, Chinese New Year is a very big event. Sadly, this year, because we are all prisoners in our own homes. <laughs> Hold on. Crystal Violin says, oh, hey, I get to listen to some cool old guy with no pants read The Wizard of Oz. Isn't that what life is all about? Old men with no pants reading The Wizard of Oz. What more is there in life? Um, anyway, I uh, yeah, in Chinese New Year is is very big. However, sadly, uh, because of uh, us all being uh, prisoners in our own homes, uh, it is tradition. Same thing with Hari Raya, um, Deepavali for the Indian community. Um, and Chinese New Year for the Chinese community. Uh, there's always a long period of, of days off from work and everyone, what we call Bali Kampong, which means go back to your home. And everyone goes back to their hometown and visits with their parents and stays. Um, I had the most amazing experience last year. I went back to my significant other's hometown and uh, spent time with the family and it was absolutely incredible. It was so cool to see uh, really semi-traditional Chinese New Year uh, with a very Chinese family. Um, this year, sadly, people cannot do that. Uh, while the 
Um, lockdown is supposed to be only two weeks, everyone assumes, and I assume rightly so, um, that the, uh, the lockdown will continue longer. We hit over 4,000 new cases today. Yay. I wish we'd be more like the state of Florida and the U.S. who have pretty much proved that lockdowns don't work, but I'm barking up the wrong tree and talking to a dead horse. Uh, Mohanad, hey, from Saudi Arabia, good day to you, kind ladies and gentlemen, and good day to you, Mohanad. Nice to, uh, nice to see you here again. Thanks for joining. Um... Let's see what we've got going. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I was talking about Chinese New Year. Everyone always, you know, whether you're locked down or not, everyone always celebrates and decorates their house for Chinese New Year. And so I did that. Actually, I'm going to switch over to my Facebook review page and show you uh, my house. This is what we did today. We decorated for Chinese New Year. You can see, is my cursor also there? I don't know. You can see on the front gate, we've got the uh, the two. I don't think my cursor is showing up online. Uh, we've got the two. Uh, I think these things say spring, if I'm not mistaken, or happiness, uh, happiness coming something. I think it's happiness. Um, what happens if I go big with this picture? Ah, damn. I got to move it over. I don't know if I can. Uh, let's see output window. Can I do that? Yeah, I can do that when I'm live. <laughs> Looks kind of weird, but that's okay. Um, yeah, we're doing great, Mohanad. Uh, okay, so there's this one. And then this is the inside of my house. Oh, man, I got to move it around again. Here we go. Bear with me. There, I'll give, give you the chance to see everything. I'll move it. Move it around. And of course, there's Miko right in the middle star of the show of course so yeah i we've we've got all the other uh, chinese decorations up now because i'm such a japanophile um yeah it's a big house <laughs> uh because i'm such a japanophile we have to kind of incorporate my japanese uh antiques and memorabilia with the chinese memorabilia so we've got we've got that going on and man i wish you could see my cursor let me try and let me see if I can fix this without mucking everything up. Capture cursor. Oi! What was that? Where'd it go? Oh no. <laughs> see? See, I told you I would screw it up. I told you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, where am I? This one. What happened? Oh no. I knew I was going to screw this up. I just knew it. I'm going to try and get it back. Let's see if I can or not. Uh, is this it? No, that's not it. Man. This really sucks. Alright, it's not that one. Is it this one? Ah! I got it. Ha <laughs> ha! See, bear with me. The old guy knows what he's doing. Okay. Um, so, 
Here we go. Uh, I've got, let's see, you can't see my cursor, I'm sorry. Over on the left side, this is a curio cabinet, glass cabinet, with all kinds of Japanese things. On the one, two, third shelf up, the one in the middle, uh, the front book is an old, uh, I can't read that, it's too small, but thank you for whoever just uh, followed. Appreciate that, thank you. Um, that is an original handwritten uh, poetry book. It's in Japanese, and it is about 300 over, it's over 300 years old. One of my most prized possessions of my Japanese antiques. Uh, I, I can't read it. He was a very, very famous poet of his time, and it's, as I said, over 300 years old. It's absolutely amazing. Um, uh, oh, you were in uh, Malaysia last year for Chinese New Year, Mohanad. Cool. Excellent. Um, and then uh, the middle shelf has a bunch of little knickknacks and trinkets and things on it. And uh, at the top is a Japanese uh, altar. And to the right, well, of course, then I have my little tea set up here. This is not my tea room. I actually have a... Uh, Japanese tea ceremony room in my house where I do tea ceremony for friends. Um, but this is just a little spot to sit and have a nice tea. There's my katana uh, behind that. Those little wooden things on either side of the middle shelf on the floor, those actually came from an old... You're following. Thank you. And if, uh, thanks. Oh, Mahada, thanks. Thanks for the follow. Uh, those actually came from an old uh, Japanese tea house. They are above the door in the tea house. And they're hand carved. I wish I had a close up of them. They're amazing. I forget the Japanese name for it. Um, but they're, they're so beautiful. Um, yes. Uh, that traditional geisha uh, figure. No, it actually wasn't expensive. It's very beautiful, but it was it was fairly reasonably priced. Uh, she's in a uh, in a in her own glass box to keep the dust off of her kimono. Uh, Misha, demigod of uh, discordance. Hello, greetings to you. Um, all right, moving to the right. There's another shelf there. And the very uh, top, not on top with the ikibana, but the first shelf on the top in the glass case you can see the reflection there that is my ultimate ultimate favorite piece of japanese memorabilia i have that inside that case is an original hokuzai woodblock print from when he was still alive hokuzai if you don't know is the fellow who created the very famous great wave picture with the uh, so many views of mount fuji and that is an original manga of Hokuzai. Manga back in the day. I've explained this before. If, if you're a regular listener, you, you understand. Uh, I'll explain it briefly again. Manga is not like what it is today. Manga back then was just a collection of random drawings and artworks and things all compiled into a book, which they printed with the woodblock print method. Um... And if you look through this book, it's amazing. You can see this was before he did the Great Wave and all the a lot of the uh, paintings, the uh, woodblocks that he later became famous for. Um, and uh, it's incredible to see how 
he was inspired with all these different little pieces, collections of bits and pieces that he drew in this uh, this manga. Um, you can see where some of his later paintings came from. This is, um, like I said, this is one of my, it's probably my most prized possession. It's it's amazing. Uh, that kimono hanging on the wall, we I've got seven or eight different uh, kimonos, all different beautiful styles. That one is kind of, it doesn't show in this picture, but it's actually kind of a deep purple blue. Purple's very difficult to find in Japanese clothing from back in the day, the antique stuff. I don't know why. I, <clears throat> I asked someone and... Uh, no one seemed to know the answer for why it might have been a difficult color to reproduce. Blue, that royal blue and the indigo is, is very famous. Fritz about as close as I can get to pronouncing your name right. <laughs> Howdy, and thanks for joining. Um, yeah, so that, uh, anyway, okay, I've, I've spent so much time talking about this stupid picture. That, of course, is Miko's doghouse down there on the, uh, on the lower right. Um, and there's our front door with the good luck pineapple. Oh, now you can see my cursor. Uh, the good luck pineapple on the top. Couple of uh, lucky gods there. And this is uh, all of this is a Chinese New Year uh, Chinese New Year decorations. That little thing right there, by the way, is a candle holder that came from a temple in Japan that they were tearing down. Uh, these two things here are a very traditional Japanese New Year. Now. Normally, they would be put up on the first of the year, the traditional New Year, December 31st, January 1st. But we use them also to give it a little bit of a Japanese flavor to our Chinese New Year. Uh, these, I don't know, actually, I don't know the story behind them, but you'll see them all over Japan around the, uh, around the New Year. Uh, and normally, they, they can be very big. Uh, if you look up these, some uh, traditional... Japanese New Year decorations. You'll web search that. You'll find it. Um, is there another one? Oh, yeah. And then we also put up the lights. So here's a picture of the outside of the house at night with the lights. Um, I should have taken video, but uh, but that's what I've got. So there you go. That's, uh, that's what's happening at the Sheldon Pong household. Um, very cool. A lot of fun. I also, I also have to uh, have to say a huge thank you, a huge tip of the hat to Little Trashfire Prince on Twitter. Um, I don't actually go on Twitter very much. I don't have a lot of followers. I don't follow that many people. I don't really use Twitter hardly at all. I do send out a tweet on my on my Twitter which is it's J at it's J Sheldon, I T S J Sheldon. If you want to follow, I'll follow you back. Um, boomer house. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Everything here is boomer something. Um, but anyway, I was scrolling through my Twitter feed today. I've gotten so many, uh, people that have followed me. I've tried for the most part to follow everybody back through No Straight Roads and the fan base there who are amazing. Thank you so much. Um, gotta say, love the decor your house has. Thanks, Misha. Appreciate it. Um, so I'm scrolling through today and what do I see is a post from Little Trashfire Prince on Twitter. I'm going to share it with you now. And it is Chaotic Robot. Hey, hello to you. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, again, liked the stream. Thank you very much. Is that VJ? Is that the VJ I know, VJ? Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, just in time. Actually, we've been kind of talking about just about anything. We, we were showing my... Uh, my Chinese New Year decorations. I'm going to go back to that Facebook review screen in just a moment. In fact, let me do it now. Uh, here we go. Whoops. Got to move this around. I forgot. I moved it for... Uh, I'm going to screw it up again. Okay, hang on. Hang on. There we go. All right. So there's my Chinese New, New Year decorations if you just joined us. Uh, but here is the coolest thing. As I'm scrolling through Twitter... Hey, it is you, VJ. All right. Nice to see you, mate. It's been a long time. Hope you're doing well. Um, so here's the deal. As I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed, I see this. You ready? Check it out. Look at that. Little Trash Fire Prince did a piece of fan art from last night's stream on my birthday. And she said, happy birthday. Hope I wasn't too late. Man, it doesn't matter if you were too late or not. You weren't, by the way. But um, it is adorable. Uh, funny how you say NSR, because I recently made a piece of fan art that has Cliff. You know, I was reading, I know NSR themselves on Twitter while I was there today. They did something about, thank you are entirely welcome, Chaotic Robot. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, while I was there today, I saw an NSR post where they asked, what, what is your favorite thing about Cliff? Cliff is a character that I voiced in No Straight Roads. Um, thank you for the birthday wish, VJ. Thank you so much. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Um, Misha, make a drawing for you later on today. Thank you. I appreciate that. If you want, please do. You can tag me if you're going to post it on Twitter. You can also throw it on our uh, I'm Not Wearing Pants Facebook page if you want as a comment. Twitter is probably the easiest, and then we'll we'll get a chance to share it. But, um, yeah, if, and if you see, check it out. Miko's there, too. And I'm assuming these are the listeners in front. That's so cute. Uh, me with my bloody annoying headphones reading, uh, I assume, that, yeah, The Wizard of Oz, if you check out the, the top part. That's so cool. And Miko, who's listening in, too. Miko's got little tiny legs. <laughs> that is so adorable. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. Now, I did see that today in my timeline. So adorable. Uh, I know that post. I put a reply being, he's relatable. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks again. It meant a lot. It really did. Uh, I'm at It's J Sheldon, I-T-S, It's J Sheldon on uh, Twitter if you want to follow along. Like I said, I do not spend a lot of time on Twitter, but occasionally I will go through. Back to what I said, No Straight Roads did a post on Say Something Nice About Cliff or What Do You Like About Cliff, something like that. And it's really funny because my character, I, no spoilers, but I, I'm very helpful in the game, but I don't stay that way towards the end of the game. We'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so, people who have played the game through to the end tend to kind of hate me. Um, I do get my, my comeuppance from Tatiana, but um, yeah, so it was uh, <laughs> it was fun. Um, it was fun uh, 
reading all the comments. People were trying to find something nice to say about my character, Cliff. But yeah, you want some ice for that? <laughs> a boomer goober, which you're a goober. That's what you are. Thanks, Fritzny. Or is it Fritz New York Chuss? Might be. I, I, I'm trying, okay? Uh, yeah, just a little bit of hate. Not much, but some hate in, in a fun way, I suppose. But it's okay. You can hate my character. I don't mind. It's kind of my character. What I thought was really interesting is I said, if there is a, a part two, which hopefully there will be, right? Uh, aunt? Yeah. Uh, uh, if there is, they're asking, give Cliff a story arch where he turns things around and becomes the nice guy or a savior or the hero or something. That would be fun. I, I, I hope we do have a no straight roads too. And I hope I'm part of it. I really do. <laughs> uh, let's see more chat happening on here. Uh, thank you. Helpful goober, boomer, goober. Um, I'm, I, you know, I tend to read these chats because I'm on three different platforms. I'm on Facebook, live i'm not wearing pants i'm on jay sheldon's youtube page and i'm on twitch.tv jay sheldon no pants uh, a lot of my my folks watching in are just inherently from twitch but i've got quite a few people also that'll hang out on facebook and i know the two of you guys can't see each other's chats so if you want to be in on the on the in on what's happening. Let's see. Crystal Violin. I personally love Cliff as a character. I don't know if it's because he puts me at ease or not, but I like his character in general. I like the scarf. I want a real scarf like that. Um, Cliff is the mystery man revealed. Maybe it's because you're a good voice actor. No, thank you. Um, that would be a great idea. Should I explain my name? Yes, please do. The latter half is... Nikus from the dinosaur. Oh, I'm not going to pronounce this one. Dayinonikus. Whoa, how badly did I butcher that? <laughs> That's very cool. That's where your name comes from. All right. Thanks, Fritz, for that. Sorry I butchered the dinosaur name. Uh, plot twist. Cliff makes jazz music. I love jazz music. I would assume Cliff basically is given a second chance while he tries to accept that rock isn't the only music that should be heard. Mm, yeah, okay. Adore Cliff as a character. He's really well made. Your voice acting sells him amazingly. He is kind of a stinky, though. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, he is. he's kind of a stinky. Usually people get a second spark for loving a certain genre of music. Uh, Fritz has always loved his single earring. You know what? I just realized I took my earring out the other day and I forgot to put it back in. I have to have to do that. Oh, Dinonychus. Got it. <laughs> uh, love villains in all video games and movies and everything. And uh, Cliff being the villain of the game, I just can't find a reason not to love him. <laughs> Misha says, oh, that reminds me. And then she didn't keep typing. So I'm a little worried. Uh, wherever you may be, uh, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, thanks for joining. Thanks for stopping in and popping by and listening to some old boomer say hello. Uh, oh, you know, I just realized on Facebook, you can also see the, uh, the chat over here. So 
there you go. If I miss one, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll read along. A little writing story project. Cool. I would love to, uh, to see that. Good luck with that. I, I also write, I've written, uh, I've written, oh my God. <laughs> what did I just say? I've written, wow. I've written two books. We talked about that last night. You'll find them on Amazon, but please, I'm not so hot on Amazon these days. They're kind of being bastards. So if you can, go to blurb.com, B-L-U-R-B.com. Search for me, Jay Sheldon. You can also search the titles of my book. One is a children's book called Willie and the Warthog, and one is a collection of sayings of mine, a funny little one or two liners, and that's called Actually... I don't think it would be all that hard to get out of a pickle. I know. Big, long title. Meant to be funny. So you can search me on blurb.com. B-L-U-R-B.com. You can order books there, too, if you want. Um, and if you're in the U.S., by the way, they're much cheaper because the shipping is not so much. If you try and order my books from anywhere else on the planet, good luck. The freaking shipping costs more than the book does which is why I don't have another copy laying around or I could hold it up and show it to you. Um, Vinyl City under attack by various musically skilled villains from other games. That's an interesting idea. Like a crossover game. Very cool idea. Hmm. Um, yeah, not bad. Uh, okay. Rocker, Zombie, Lord Raptor from uh, Capcom's Darkstalkers, Shadow from Sega's Space Channel 5, and DJ Octavio from Nintendo's Splatoon. <laughs> really cool idea, actually. Not bad at all. That's all right. See? That's why you people have to be involved in the gaming world. You should be creating games in addition to playing them. I always say the players make the best creators. Because you know, I do have a lot of social media. Um, okay, so I was talking about the writing. Yeah, I've got two books. But beyond that, I've written a number of uh, feature films. Only one has actually been turned into a feature film. And that was back in the 80s. And it went direct to VHS tape. And no one ever saw it. And now you can't find it. I don't even have a copy, believe it or not. Wrote and directed by me. It's called Hit It. Don't ask. Uh, but I have several other scripts which are in, in very other various stages of development and finished and I love writing I love writing film I've got uh, several short story films in fact you'll find one of them at least one maybe two on my YouTube channel I think on my Facebook too if I'm not mistaken uh, I did one here a few years ago called Azan uh, the Azan is the call to prayers in the Muslim faith, in Islam. And uh, I wanted to do something, a short film. I had this idea. And I wanted to create a short film that people would, when they first saw the beginning of the film, they would be like, <gasps> you can't do that. And then in the end, it would have a twist. And it does. I don't want to give anything away because you got to see it. The film itself is its a short film. It's maybe, what, seven, eight minutes long, if that. But it's very cool. It's, uh, just search Azan. A-Z-Z-A-N. 
Z-Z-A-N if you're American, because we Americans say Z, not Z. And here, everyone says Z for Z. I still freak when I hear it. There's a few things. I mean, I'm used to now taking the lift up in buildings instead of the elevator. Um, a lot of the different pavement, sidewalk, you know. Uh, here they were a British colony for many, 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 many years. So most of the British terms for things have stuck. Uh, but the one, there's one or two that I still can't get used to. And um, yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> so um, starting is always the roughest part of creating something. Wow, are you right about that? Even if you just take a break, starting up again is rough. Very true. Um, I got some advice from a, uh, a writer who said, "Put it, make a time. Put everything else aside. Turn off your phone. Make a time, even if it's a half an hour or an hour even better. But devote that time and make a commitment to writing. And just write for the amount of time that you set aside. If it's 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes. That's 30 minutes more writing than you would have done if you just ignored it or said, oh, I got something better to do. I think it is on my YouTube channel, uh, Mohanad. Uh, if you check, uh, I can't pump off the channel I'm on right now because it is part of my live stream. But if you check, uh, check J Space Sheldon. I've got a few channels there, but you'll see it. And... Uh, or you could search Azan space J space Sheldon on YouTube. And if it's, it should pop up, um, check it out. All right. Check real quick. Thank you. I remember I started this Jojo fan project made chapter one, then ran out of ideas on what I do for chapter two. <laughs> anyway, make the commitment to 30 minutes a day and then stick to it. And write for 30 minutes a day. If you can afford an hour, two hours, great. But don't push yourself. Just do enough that you're comfortable with and make the commitment. And you will, you'll be surprised. I mean, after, if it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if it's five days a week, six days, seven days a week. But if you actually commit to a certain amount of time that isn't a lot, it's not taking a lot out of your day. It's time you would have probably been goofing off anyway. And shut the door, turn on the AC, if you'd like music in the background when you're writing, if not, and just write. Write. Write whatever crap you want to write. And then look back at it, throw away the bad stuff, keep the good stuff. But a half hour or so, or an hour every day, and you'd be surprised how far you will get in a short amount of time. Um, to do that. Please do, keep writing, Misha, please do. You should. Um, cool. All right. Uh, what else, what else is going on here? Chinese new year. We talked about that. I'm thinking about buying, buying Miko a, uh, a Chinese new year outfit. It's very cute. Should I show you? I don't know if it's going to come up or not. Ah, crap. <laughs> See what happens. You know what? I'm going to mess this up again. There you go. What do you think? This is from Lazada. It's very cheap, see? It's only 17 bucks. Don't you think Miko would look cute in that? <laughs> yeah. See? 
so adorable. I mean, this dog is also cute. But I think Miko would look damn cute in this thing. <laughs> it's only 17 bucks. You know, here you go. There. If you're on twitch.tv, punch that. Make a donation. It's secure, it's safe, it's helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking of getting for Miko. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. 17 ringgit. Which 17 ringgit, I mean, the ringgit now is so bad. It's probably like 50 cents in USD. It's it, That's very inexpensive. Miko does deserve such cute clothes. You're exactly right. <laughs> All right. So you guys decided for me. I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to buy Miko that outfit for uh, for Chinese New Year. I better order it soon though, because Chinese New Year is coming up. What, like the 13th of February? It's not that far away. Less than a month. Wow. Uh, cool. All right. That's uh, that was the other thing that was going on today, and I just want to quickly check my phone check my topics to make sure there wasn't anything else that I wrote down I was destined to talk about. Ed and Lorraine Warren. No, there's one more story with Ed and Lorraine Warren, the ghost hunters, but I won't bore you with it right now. Uh, why am I me? We already did that. And I <clears throat> I think I promoted 7-Eleven brownies enough that I don't need to do that anymore. Although I'll tell you, I was at 7-Eleven uh, a few days ago and I checked their brownies the ones I've been raving about that are so good fudgy and soft and chewy and chocolatey they're all crap now in the stores all of them have the same expiration date and uh, yeah you remember that Misha uh, they all have the same expiration date and they all look like they've been there for like months and they're dried out so Get on that 7-Eleven. Get some fresher brownies. I'm very disappointed. I used to buy, literally, I bought them like five or ten at a time. Because they're only like two ringgit, ten sen or something. They're, they're, they're very cheap. That literally would be less than 50 cents in USD. Um, I don't I don't have one now. I can't show you. But um, uh, I'll pick another one up, even if it's dried out, just to show you the package. They're, they're really, really good. Um, 7-Eleven has cheeseburger hot dogs. Wait, if it's a cheeseburger, how can it be a hot dog? Cheeseburger meat in the shape of a hot dog. Oh, now this is getting interesting. Cheeseburger meat in the shape of a hot dog. Cheese inside. You put it in a bun. It isn't that spectacular, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> you know, there's some food items that are exactly like that. It's like, okay, I know this is like probably not good for me and crap, but you can't help yourself. Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> I uh, I haven't seen that at our 7-Elevens here in Malaysia. I will look, though, because that sounds interesting is probably the most politically correct way I can say it. Same goes for my favorite snacks. Uh, in nearby Delhi, you buy these strawberry wafers. 
they're all stale now. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know. Maybe because people are locked down and can't get out, refresh the stock as, as much. The, oh, the cheese is inside the meat? Yeah. That's usually pretty bad. I don't know. Cheese dogs. All right. I'll take a look. I mean, they, they make hot dogs with cheese inside, but burger meat in the shape of a hot dog with cheese inside. Because I'm not a big... I'm, I mean, I like hot dogs, but... I'd prefer burgers. So maybe the burger meat and a hot dog with cheese stuff. Yeah, that, that could be all right. Cool. Cheeseburger with cheddar inside the meat. Okay. I think I could do that. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know. I mean, a decent Oscar Mayer wiener hot dog with relish and ketchup and I... Uh, relish and mustard, and I was going to say that last because there is an argument that people have. I don't know where this came from, that ketchup isn't supposed to go on a hot dog. Do we know that? Do you know that argument? Because for me, ever since I was a kid, my whole life, when I eat a hot dog, the three things must-haves on a hot dog for me is relish, like dill pickle relish, Mustard and yellow mustard is like the classic stuff. And then ketchup. You put ketchup on a hot dog. I know you put it on a hamburger too. Yeah, hot dogs are good with ketchup. See? Nearby supermarket had this monstrosity of a cheeseburger, which was a regular burger patty with cheese on the inside. Damn near threw up trying to take more than one bite. <laughs> All right, Crystal Violin. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know why people started that argument. I've seen it, not recently, but regularly online and stuff. People saying, oh, don't put ketchup on a hot dog. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? Of course you put ketchup on a hot dog. What's a hot dog without ketchup? Mustard, relish, a hot dog, some ketchup, and a bun. That's good stuff there. You gotta have some. Ketchup with fries, yeah, of course. Uh, really, you don't put anything on a hot dog, Chaotic Robot. Hot sauce. Hot sauce, you mean like uh, Tabasco? Something like that, that might not be bad, actually. A little bit of Tabasco. I don't mind spicy. I'm actually, everybody here in uh, in Malaysia is always like, you know, oh, the matzale, the white guy, the guaylo. C can you eat spicy? It's like, let me tell you something. I make a somtom that'll knock your socks off. Somtom is uh, like a papaya salad with lots of chilies in it. It's a Thai dish. I make my own homemade somtom. And when I make it, you will sweat bullets. It'll knock your socks off. So yes, I can take spicy. The spicier, the better. But there is a point where to me, you know, people love to try these, these uh, like uh, Maggie Mee noodles. What are they called in the U.S.? Ramen noodles, I think. 
Uh, we have all kinds of brands. Maggie is one very famous brand here. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, they've got new brands that are like, I just saw today at the grocery store, we were shopping, uh, Ghost Pepper uh, Me Noodles. They're instant noodles. They're all crap. They're, they're just garbage food, but people live on them sometimes. They're very cheap. <clears throat> people eat them. In fact, one of the things that was missing when people were doing their stupid panic buying before the lockdown was um, was the Maggie Me or the Me noodles, instant noodles. That's the generic term, I guess, instant noodles. But the new, the new thing now is like a ghost pepper. They're, you know make you sweat your eyes turn red but again to get back to my point what is the point of eating something that's so hot you can't taste anything else but that it burns your taste buds and it's nothing but heat you don't get any other flavor because it's too damn hot so that's why i you know hot's fine spicy's fine spicier the better but there is a point where the spicy overtakes all the other flavors for example somtom somtom has fish sauce in it chilies uh peanuts crushed up um uh, unripened papaya uh, there's so many great flavors in somtom and if you get too crazy with the chilies it gets too hot and then all you can taste is the heat and the flavor of the chilies, which kind of defeats the point. We'll just cut up some chilies and there, there you go. Eat that. Cousins bought two box of a cup of noodles, emergency preserves, the start of the pandemic. <laughs> well, you know, they do last forever because they're just pretty much junk food. And, uh, you know, if you're just looking for something quick and easy as a meal, boil up some water, stick in the flavor packs and the... And the, uh, the, by the way, do you put the flavor pack in after you boil the noodles or while you're boiling the noodles? I'm not sure which is the proper way to do that. People drink milk to dilute spicy food. Actually, yes, I have heard that. I, uh, again, I never tried it, but I believe the reason is that spice, again, I'm kind of making this crap up, but it makes sense to me. Spicy stuff is an acid. And milk is an alkaline, so one would likely counter the other. And that's Science Corner with Uncle Jay. I don't even know if that's true, but it does seem to make sense, I guess. Hot peppers and other spicy veggies, says Fritz, uh, grew that way to deter grazing. And humans really just went hee-ho, tongue-tingly. <laughs> <laughs> tried the instant noodles uh, there's a brand i found that i actually like better than the usual instant ramen mm. fritz drinks milk so often he must be immune to spice <laughs> and uh, misha says that's been lucky me's beef na beef okay that sounds like a vietnamese thing with the na in there i don't know uh, taste of spice is really bitter in my opinion. Oh, really? You you find spicy being bitter? That's odd. Uh, pepper and a slice of pizza. Somebody said something else about pizza earlier. Somebody dipping it in milk. I'm trying to. Oh yeah. Do you do people actually drink milk to dilute spicy food? No. There was a comment earlier. Somebody said something about. 
Have you heard of people dipping pizza in milk? Okay, I can't find it now. But no, I haven't heard of that, and that sounds thoroughly gross. Fritz, I've seen that before. People actually dip pizza in milk. Blech! That's really freaking gross. Why would you do that? Don't do that. Milk is for, like, cookies and things. Ugh. Or Captain Crunch. <laughs> or tricks. Silly Wabbit, Twix are for kids. Oh, my. Yeah, we had Vietnamese. I, was, I mentioned that uh, beef, now nah, beef sounds like uh, Vietnamese. We had the Vietnamese food the other day. It was really good. The Vietnamese baguette sandwich. B Vietnamese food is very well known for its fresh vegetables because they have, the vegetables in Vietnam are unbelievable and unbelievably fresh. Uh, influenced a bit by French cuisine because the French, you know, were there for a long time. And uh, that typical baguette sandwich that they make, the Vietnamese baguette sandwich, I had one of those. Amazing. It is so good. I don't know what that sauce is they put on it, but mm, if you have a Vietnamese restaurant near you and they make those baguette sandwiches, the traditional ones, it's really very staple food. It's it's no big deal, but oh my God, the flavor is incredible. You got to check that out. Um, taste of spicy is bitter. Yep, got that. Legit tasty ramen. Find it only in Seafood City. Unsure if they stocked again. Oh my goodness, I'm missing. My youngest sibling loves it. Horrific. What? Fritz and... Uh, Someone who drinks milk like every day, multiple times a day. Obviously, you are not lactose intolerant. <laughs> I actually don't drink much milk. I used to all the time, but we rarely have milk in the house. And um, I, I really don't drink so much anymore, mainly because we, we just really, we don't keep it in the house much. Um, and you know, the funny thing here is that a lot of people drink this weird milk. I don't even know what it is, but they sell a ton of it. It comes in a paper carton and it doesn't need refrigerating. Sorry, but to me, that ain't milk. I don't know what the hell it is or what the hell they put in there to make it not need refrigeration. I grew up on fresh cow's milk. Susu cigar, as they say in Malay. Um, dipping pizza in milk makes me gassy. Can't drink milk. Literally a cup would put me to a mild cutoff joke. <laughs> Weird. Milk with honey. Yes, Mohanad. Yes, I love that. People look at me all kinds of weird, but trust me, if you haven't tried this, you must. I don't know if this is an Arabic thing. Uh, Mohanad is, is in Saudi Arabia. Uh, in the stream uh, and I don't know where I got the idea it wasn't an Arabic thing but um, I one time for whatever reason I put honey in milk stir it up oh my it is so good you must try that honey and milk is so nice I, again to me it's not a traditional thing maybe it's common for for you guys or you're familiar with it but 
Uh, I haven't done that in a long time. I need to get some Susu cigar, some fresh milk. Um, so they they uh, they have this weird milk, and I don't know what it is, and I'm not going to try it because, like I said, God knows what they put in there that it doesn't need refrigeration. I am a fresh milk guy. When I was a kid, we actually had Alex the Milkman who would come around in the milk truck with the glass bottles of fresh milk refrigerated and he would pick up the old bottles and take them back and bring you know a quart half a gallon of uh, fresh milk and the thing was on his truck they kept everything cold with ice it was crushed ice a lot of crushed ice and every time Alex the milkman would come up he would grab a handful of ice even in the middle of summer and we'd have a snowball fight it was so much fun uh that was like a long 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 time ago probably 40 50 years ago and i'm quite sure at this point that alex the milkman has likely passed on but that is a childhood memory i'll never forget crystal mom buys that milk in the box says it doesn't need refrigeration i never tasted it i think you have to shake it Ugh. Uh, Mohanad said it's not an Arabic thing actually got one from a honey shop in Sunway Mall oh Sunway Pyramid cool yeah milk and honey this is the land of milk and honey it's a song I think I don't know where that's from but it just popped in my head um, different kinds of milk if given the opportunity uh, only ever had cow's milk yeah same um, I, I don't know what, and it's like instant milk, you know, milk powder you mix with water. Yeah. Awful. Um, they use a great deal of evaporated milk here, sweetened condensed milk, because we have, um, we have our very famous Teteric, which is pulled tea. Um, if you ever come to Malaysia, you must try it. It is one of our classic things like Nasi Lamak and Teteric. Um, that is made and a lot of drinks are sweetened with condensed or sweetened condensed milk. Extremely sweet. I used to hate that as a kid. Now I love it. Um, but that's not really a replacement for milk. It's like, it's like syrup. You plop it in. It's very thick, but very sweet and very nice. There's another thing that I have, that I have adapted to since I've been living in Asia for so long, Southeast Asia. <clears throat> excuse me what I will call um, we call them econ beliefs here and I want I don't want I don't want to say sardines because it's not sardines what is that thing that you put on pizza that almost everyone says oh, anchovies anchovies that's it now there's an Italian anchovy which are these little tiny fish and they're packed in oil and they're they're not hard and crunchy. Gross, really gross. I mean, I would take everything on a pizza, but no anchovies. They're just little dead fish and they're really kind of gross. My whole life, no anchovies, no anchovies. Icambilis, which is something, it's a staple here. It's served, of course, with nasi lemak. But, um, Ikan Belize, yes, I'm thinking of anchovies. I, I remembered. 
<coughs> excuse me. Oh, oh, wait. Remind me I was talking about Ikambalis. Um, Mohanad said, we have camel's milk in his country, in Saudi Arabia. They say it's quite healthy and stuff, but I personally prefer cow's milk. I can't imagine what camel's milk would taste like. Is it similar to cow's milk? I don't know. I've, I've never tasted it. And, you know, another thing, I'm going to get so far away from Econ Belize, but bear with me. Um, another thing that happened was, uh, um, okay, wait, camel's milk, cow's milk. I completely lost my train of thought. Don't get old. These things happen to you. Okay, back to Econ Belize, and I'll remember that too. Um... Cows and camels are both, whoa, this is way above my pay grade, ungulates or ungulates, going into animal science mode, bear with me. Okay, I would assume they're similar in some ways. Yeah, I would assume so too. Maybe similar to goat's milk. Ugh. Goat's milk. Ugh. Okay, Icamelis, I can't get enough. There was a time where if you offered me some dried out in the sun, disgusting little fish with his head and guts still on it, I would go, get that thing the hell away from me. I want nothing to do with it. Now, if you don't give me enough Ikambalis with my Nasi Lamak, I complain. <laughs> I'm addicted. I love it. They're not very fishy tasting. They're a little fishy tasting. But um, they're... It's called Ikambalis, and they're, they're little, tiny, they're about that big, and they're dried. And I, as far as I've said, I saw some docos about making Ikambalis. Uh, they're pretty much dried out in the sun, so God knows what lands on them. Um, but I love them, and they're great. And if you don't give me enough in my Nasi Lamak, I will complain and ask for more. Uh, nasi lemak basically is rice made with, I don't know the exact recipe, so don't cut my head off, uh, coconut milk, pandan leaves, which gives it that pandan flavor, very nice. And then uh, this is your basic nasi lemak. You have sambal, which is like a spicy chili sauce, really nice. And everyone's sambal is a little different depending on how it's made. So depending upon where you buy your nasi lemak, some places have amazing sambal and some places are like, nah, not so nice. And then the ikan belis and peanuts and a couple slices of cucumber. That's pretty much your basic nasi lemak 101. By the way, nasi is the word for rice and lemak is the word for fat, sort of. So it's fat rice. It's a staple here. It's one of Malaysia's most famous dishes. And I don't care if you Indonesians and you Singapore people want to say, we made it first, we invented it. It's Malaysia's national dish, so go away. The only fish besides mystery fish in fish sticks. Yeah, what is that? I've ever eaten is shrimp. Well, shrimp really isn't a fish. It's a crustacean. 
Fritz will enjoy that little science bit. Um, time to bust out my genetic tree to check this. <laughs> I never used to, used to eat shrimp. But uh, the last time I ever ate it, after I got it from some rundown Chinese takeout place, my mom would usually go to a lot. I don't know if it was a bad batch, but close to immediately threw up afterwards. <laughs> I never ate shrimp again. Aw. Jaden, hey! Nice to see you. Thanks for joining in. All right, Jaden, thanks. Uh, favorite Malaysian dish was nasi goreng ayam. Uh, probably konik is what you mean instead of konik. I don't know. But yeah, nasi goreng. Uh, nasi again, rice. Goreng, fried. Ayam is chicken. And Kone, I'm not sure what that is, actually. Uh, so it's basically fried rice with chicken. Um, milkfish. Again, you got me. As my family would say, bangus. Bangus? You mean bungus? No, bangus. Uh, sorry you can't have shrimp. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Shrimp, lobster, crab. We have all those things here in abundance so yeah that's okay no worries i think it's uh i think you're talking about um nasi goreng ayam kunyit kunyit is a uh a spice it's a yellow spice quite nice actually and i don't know how to spell it either k-u-n-y-i-t maybe Maybe. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Um, wow. What a night. We've been going at this for an hour, and I still haven't got to my book yet. All right. Kunit sounds like the bomb. It is the bomb. Uh, oh, Filipino dish. Cool. All right. And you spelled Filipino wrong. Or maybe that's a local way of spelling it every time i go to spell filipino i never know is it p p h or f i've seen it both ways and i don't know i think maybe both ways are kind of partially right or acceptable i have no idea <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> my goodness oh it's an f it's officially an f if you're gonna i know the philippines is ph as a country so if you're saying the Philippines, but when you say someone is a Filipino, then it's spelled with an F? Why? That's weird. All right. Um, I had no plans on being live for an hour and plus, <laughs> but for some reason we are. So, um, yeah. Um it is confusing which way people try and get it right. You're exactly right. Uh, seen what roti sardine looks like, but it sounds like sardines. Yes, it is exactly that. Personally, yuck. No, thank you. Because even though I love Icambalis, I still hate sardines and anchovies. They're gross. They're very fishy. Bleh. And basically, roti sardine is pretty much a sardine sandwich. Now, it's got some spicy sambal type stuff mixed in there, but... No, thank you. All right. Um, I got to get on to my chapter in the book because this is going to be a very long stream. And in Malaysia, 
in spite of it being 1977, it's also 11 o'clock at night, so I can't stay up all night long chit-chat with you people, much as I would like to, but I can't. So uh, we're going to move on to Chapter 3 of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. You'll have to bear with me. I can't really... Uh, I can't really look at the chat while I'm reading and I'll lose my place because I'm old. So, <clears throat> all right. So, are you ready? We've been doing this uh, every night for the past two nights. We're going to keep on doing it. I actually don't know how many chapters are in this book, but we always close out our stream by reading yet another chapter. And we do want to give a hat tip and a big thank you to the folks at, come on, where is it? There we go. The Guten, uh, Project Gutenberg, which www.gutenberg.org. I am not, by the way, required to give them a hat tip and a plug, but I want to because it's a very cool site. You will find all kinds of public domain books for the reading. You can download them. You can read them online. And in my case, uh, these are ones that can also be read and I won't get a copyright strike or, or a a lawsuit so uh, they, because they are in the public domain so from L. Frank Baum the wonderful Wizard of Oz this is chapter 3 how Dorothy saved the scarecrow when Dorothy was left alone she began to feel hungry so she went to the cupboard and cut herself some bread which she spread with butter she gave some to Toto and Taking a pail from the shelf, she carried it down to the little brook and filled it with water, sparkling water. Toto ran over to the trees and began to bark at the birds sitting there. Dorothy went to get him and saw such delicious fruit hanging from the branches that she gathered some of it, finding it just what she wanted to help her out her breakfast. Then she went back to the house, and having helped herself and Toto to a good drink of the cool, clear water, she set about making ready for the journey to the city of emeralds. Dorothy had only one other dress, but that happened to be clean and was hanging on a peg beside her bed. It was gingham, with checks of white and blue, and although the blue was somewhat faded with many washings, it was still a pretty frock. The girl washed herself carefully, dressed herself in the clean gingham, and tied a pink sunbonnet on her head. She took a little basket and filled it with bread from the cupboard, laying a white cloth over the top. Then she looked down at her feet and noticed how old and worn her shoes were. Oh, they surely will never do for a long journey, Toto, she said. And Toto looked up into her face, and with his little black eyes, and wagged his tail to show he knew what she meant. At that moment, Dorothy saw, lying on the table, the silver shoes that had belonged to the Witch of the East. I wonder if they will fit me, she said to Toto. They would be just the thing to take a long walk in, for they could not wear out. She took off her old leather shoes and tried on the silver ones, which fit her as well as if they had been made for her. Finally, she picked up her basket. 
Come along, Toto, she said. We'll go to the Emerald City and ask the great Oz how to get back to Kansas again. She closed the door, locked it, and put the key carefully in the pocket of her dress. And so, with Toto trotting along soberly behind her, she started on her journey. There were several roads nearby, but it did not take her long to find the one paved with yellow bricks. Within a short time, she was walking briskly towards the Emerald City. Her silver shoes tinkled merrily on the hard yellow roadbed. The sun shone bright, and the birds sang sweetly, and Dorothy did not feel nearly as bad as you might think a little girl would who had suddenly been whisked away from her own country and set down in the midst of a strange land. She was surprised, as she walked along, to see just how pretty the country was about her. There were neat fences at the side of the road, painted a dainty blue color, and beyond them were fields of grain and vegetables in abundance. Evidently, the munchkins were good farmers and able to raise large crops. Once in a while, she would pass a house, and the people would come out to look at her and bow low as she went by, for everyone knew she had been the means of destroying the wicked witch and setting them free from bondage. The house of the munchkins were odd-looking dwellings, for each was round with a big dome for a roof. All were painted blue, for in this country of the east, blue was the favorite color. Towards evening, when Dorothy was tired from her long walk and began to wonder where she should pass the night, she came to a house rather larger than the rest. On the green lawn before it, many men and women were dancing. Five little fiddlers played as loudly as possible, and the people were laughing and singing while a big table nearby was loaded with delicious fruits and nuts, pies and cakes, and many other good things to eat. The people greeted Dorothy kindly and invited her to supper and to pass the night with them, for this was the home of one of the richest munchkins in the land, and his friends were gathered with him to celebrate their freedom from bondage of the wicked witch. Dorothy ate a hearty supper and was waited upon by the rich munchkin, munchkin himself, whose name was Bok. Then she sat upon a settee and watched the people dance. When Bok saw her silver shoes, he said, You must be a great sorceress. Why? asked the little girl because you wear silver shoes and have killed the wicked witch. Besides, you have white in your frock, and only witches and sorceresses wear white. Uh, my dress is blue and white checked, said Dorothy, soothing out the wrinkles in it. It is kind of you to wear that, said Bok. Blue is the color of the munchkins, and white is the witch color. So we know you are a friendly witch. Dorothy did not know what to say to this, for all the people seemed to think her a witch, and she knew very well she was only an ordinary little girl who had come by the chance of a cyclone into a strange land. 
when she had tired watching the dancing. Bach led her into the house, where he gave her a room with a pretty bed in it. The sheets were made of blue cloth, and Dorothy slept soundly in them until morning, with Toto curled up on the blue rug beside her. She ate a hearty breakfast and watched a wee munchkin baby who played with Toto and pulled his tail and crowed and laughed in a way that greatly amused Dorothy. Toto was a fine curiosity to all the people, for they had never seen a dog before. How far is it to the Emerald City? the girl asked. I do not know, answered Bog gravely, for I have never been there. It is better for people to keep away from Oz. They have business with him, but it's a long way to the Emerald City, and it will take you many days. The country here is rich and pleasant, but you must pass through rough and dangerous places before you reach the end of your journey. This worried Dorothy a little, but she knew that only the great Oz could help her get to Kansas again, so she bravely resolved not to turn back. She bade her friends goodbye and again started along the road of yellow brick. When she had gone several miles, she thought she would stop to rest, and so climbed to the top of the fence beside the road and sat down. There was a great cornfield beyond the fence, and not far away she saw a scarecrow placed high on a pole to keep the birds from the ripe corn. Dorothy leaned her chin upon her hand and gazed thoughtfully at the scarecrow. Its head was a small sack stuffed with straw, with eyes, nose, and mouth painted on it to represent a face. An old pointed blue hat that had belonged to some munchkin was perched on his head, and the rest of the figure was a blue suit of clothes, worn and faded, which had also been stuffed with straw. On the feet were some old boots with blue tops, such as every man wore in this country, and the figure was raised above the stalks of corn by means of the poles stuck up its back. While Dorothy was looking earnestly into the queer painted face of the scarecrow, she was surprised to see one of the eyes slowly wink at her. She thought she must be mistaken at first, for none of the scarecrows in Kansas ever wink. But presently, the figure nodded its head in a friendly way. Then she climbed down the fence and walked up to it, while Toto ran around the pole and barked. Good day, said the scarecrow in a rather husky voice. Did you speak? asked the little girl in wonder. <clears throat> Certainly, answered the scarecrow. How do you do? I'm pretty well, thank you, replied Dorothy politely. How do you do? Well, I'm not feeling very well, said the scarecrow with a smile, for it is very tedious being perched up here night and day to scare away the crows. Can't you get down? asked Dorothy. Uh, no, for this pole is stuck up my back, and if you will please take away the pole, I shall be greatly obliged to you. 
while Dorothy reached up both arms and lifted the figure off the pole, for being stuffed with straw, it was really quite light. Thank you very much, said the scarecrow when he had been set down on the ground. I feel like a new man. Dorothy was puzzled at this, for it sounded queer to hear a stuffed man speak and to see him bow and walk along beside her. Who are you? asked the scarecrow when he had stretched himself and yawned. And where are you going? Oh, my name is Dorothy, said the girl. And I'm going to the Emerald City to ask the great Oz to send me back to Kansas. Where is Emerald City? he inquired. And who is Oz? Why, don't you know? she returned in surprise. <laughs> no, indeed. I don't know anything. You see... I'm stuffed, and so I have no brains at all, he answered sadly. Oh, said Dorothy, I'm awfully sorry for you. Do you think, he asked, if I go to Emerald City with you, that Oz would give me some brains? Oh, I cannot tell, she returned, but you may come with me, if you like. If Oz will not give you any brains... You will be no worse off than you are now. That is true, said the Scarecrow. You see, he continued confidently, I don't mind my legs and arms and body being stuffed because I cannot get hurt. If anyone treads on my toes or sticks a pin into me, doesn't matter, for I can't feel it. But I do not want people to call me a fool. And if my head stays stuffed with straw instead of with brains, as yours is, how am I ever to know anything? I understand how you feel, said the little girl, who was truly sorry for him. If you will come with me, I'll ask Oz to do all he can for you. Well, thank you, he answered gratefully. And they walked back to the road. Dorothy helped him over the fence, and they started along the path of yellow brick for the Emerald City. Toto did not like this addition to the party at first. He smelled around the stuffed man as if he suspected there might be a nest of rats in the straw, and he often growled in an unfriendly way at the scarecrow. "'I don't mind, Toto,' said Dorothy to her new friend. He never bites. Oh, I'm not afraid, replied the scarecrow. He can't hurt the straw. Uh, do let me carry the basket for you. I shall not mind it, for I can't get tired. I'll tell you a secret, he continued as he walked along. There is only one thing in the world that I'm afraid of. What's that? asked Dorothy. The munchkin farmer who made you? No answered the scarecrow. It's a lighted match. And that's chapter three. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Next time we uh, stream, we'll move on to chapter four, The Road Through the Forest. <laughs> that was fun. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming along for the ride. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed this. We have gone on 
almost 90 minutes now. Oh my goodness. Wow. That is much longer than I expected to go on for tonight. But you hung out. Thank you. Facebook Live. I'm not wearing pants. Uh, Jay Sheldon on YouTube. And Twitch.tv, of course. Twitch is uh, Jay Sheldon. No pants. A lighted match. How time flies. Hey, hey cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for spending some time with me tonight. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday night or Saturday morning, wherever you might be on the planet. I really appreciate it. Uh, like, follow, donate if you want. Click there if you're on Twitch. Also on my Facebook Live, I'm not wearing pants. You'll see I put usually somewhere in the description there's a a link you can click on if you want to donate to the cause. Until next time, and I don't know when that is, maybe tomorrow night, maybe Monday, but uh, thank you. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night.